It's time for Fish Facts TV. Welcome to Fish Casting the Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. Hello, everyone. I'm Captain Tim. All right, guys. Another good podcast in the works for today. Uh, Tim didn't get to fish, it doesn't sound like, but he did some hunting. And I did quite a bit of fishing myself. So excited to talk about it again. I don't, we haven't contemplated a fish of the week. We do want to get back to doing that, but um, you know, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. So we'll, we'll kind of see where that leads. And if we determine that, that there is a fish that presents itself as a good fish of the week, maybe we will take that angle. Tim, you got any opening shots? Yeah. Um, excited to get back out on the water one day. Um, I feel like maybe like a year ago, I went through the same lull, but uh, it's just been win, 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 then work, 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 and just life. So it's been, it's been tough to get out, but um, I do have a little something to talk about. Uh, I'll say for when it's my turn to talk, but yeah, um, excited to be here and uh, ready to roll. All right, Tim, uh, got out there and, you know, the mullet run is in full swing here in Miami. So I have kind of gotten back to my old ways. Some of my old spots that I fished the mullet run a lot two years ago, uh, not as many big fish, um, but it has been pretty consistent. So I would say for the last two weeks, I guess, since we have our last podcast, I've been trying to get out to my spot every morning before work. Not the same spot where I've been fishing the past, you know, six or seven months before work. This is a spot, if you watch any of my videos from two years ago, um, where I was catching my 34, 35 inch smoke. So I've been trying to get out there every day before work. It's been a little bit different every day. Uh, the first couple of days I went out there, the mullet were so thick. I can't even tell you. We were having trouble catching fish because there was too much bait. You know, have you ever run into that where there's so much bait you can't get the fish to bite? Yeah, I have, um, you know, certain, certain uh, grass flats when the sardines are just everywhere and that's what you're fishing with and you just – I mean, it's like one in a billion, right? So you're, you're fishing trout or reds or whatever you're fishing. And it just, how are they ever going to locate that one that's on your hook? It's just almost impossible. Exactly. It's hard to make your bait stick out without making it look unnatural. And, and I feel like that was kind of a tough position to be in those first couple of days when the mullet schools were first really coming into the Miami River really thick. Um, but I do have a little spot, uh, a couple larger mullet i have gotten those real deep thumps i don't know what they are but they end up pulling me right into the same bridge you know when i was doing it a couple years ago which i can't remember if that's when we were doing our first podcast i think it was i think we have been at this almost two years now um yeah i think it was because remember this was basically my snook journey to catching snook uh, in, in the early days of our podcast. So this is where I've gotten almost all of my big snook uh, in the past. So I've been catching a lot of mullet. Most of the mullet have been that classic finger mullet size. You know, I've gotten a couple of the larger mullet. And when I get those larger mullet, I'm able to get able to get those bigger thumps, those deeper bites. But the problem is I don't have any good 60, 70, 80 pound leader. And those big ones end up pulling me right into the bridge every time. So the finger mullet have been good for, 
those, you know, safe 24, 25 inch fish. And I think since our last podcast, I've caught four or five, um, you know, no more than one landed per day, but I, I've had a couple, um, you know, I see that come off like right under the seawall. Uh, but it's been very productive for those 24, 25 inch snook. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun getting fish that size, even though my drag is really tight because I'm, I'm geared again to pull the big ones out of those, those bridge pilings. But when, it, when you get a 24, 25 incher on 50, 50, you know, 50 liter, 50 braid, it's, it's easy to just kind of rip that right out of the water. Yeah. Um, you know, they're fun and they're acrobatic, those little ones. Um, but yeah, if, if you're using something stout with that much, uh, a horsepower behind it, you know, 50 pound test mainline and 50 pound test leader. Yeah. You're, you're going to be able to rip them guys right in. Um, when you're getting those, you know, larger mullet and those bigger bites, is it just immediate? It's just thump. You, you get into them and then it's just a, a freight train straight to the bridge and just done that quick. Or are you getting them to jump or do anything at all? Or is it just really just lights out once they hit it? Yeah, it really only had like three probably of those really solid bites. And, and it has been lights out right into the bridge every time. So, you know, it's easy. It's about a four minute drive from my office. And as long as there's bait, you know, I'm going to continue going there in the mornings. The, the spot in my neighborhood has really shut down. I think the fish have really moved out into the river to get the mullet. Actually, today for the very first time, I did see mullet in my neighborhood spot in the morning. So I think maybe the mullet are moving into the creeks a little bit, which is something I'm still, you know, doing my morning jogs. So I'm going to have my eyes open that if the mullet do start to move into the creeks in higher numbers, but right now the mullet are on the, in the river and on the beach. So again, it, it's been a consistent flow, not large fish, um, but it's a lot of fun. And I have had a little bycatch as well. Um, I've caught several jacks, nothing really to write home about, but you know, Again, a, a 14, 16 inch jack is still fun, even if you are forcing it right in. And a couple good sized mangrove snapper in the 14 to, to 16 range. I did have one mangrove snapper, might have been pushing 18, uh, but a, a four foot barracuda oh. decided to come by and uh, take a little bit off the top, if you know what I mean. Oh, no. Um, do you think that, you know, you said that for the first time you saw some mullet by your house kind of up in those creeks, you know, do you have any historical knowledge? I know you've only been in your house, you know, for, I think less than a year, right? Um, do you think that the snook will push in after those fish and you'll be able to target the snook more? Or, or do you think it's just safe to stay out a little further closer to the, uh, the inlet? Um, I'm hopeful, you know, uh, I, I do think when it starts to get in the colder, because remember last year I was, I was in, um, Rhode Island until early December and all through the December, I wasn't really fishing here very much. I didn't really find out about that spot until January, February timeframe. So I am hopeful. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to walk by that spot every morning and, and see if those mullet do start showing up, especially, on a, uh, an incoming tide. So I have another spot that's about a mile away from my house. And 
it is much better on an incoming tide. So the tide, by, the spot by my house, more of an outgoing spot. So I'm hoping that if the mullet get a little thicker, I might be able to net some and then bring them to that other spot. Because the, the other spot has jacks that are behemoths. You know, I've seen oh, some nice. little snook there, some little tarp in there, but I've seen jacks, you know, pushing 15, 20 pounds and getting those in a little creek. Like they're kind of trapped in this little uh, man-made lake. It's like a creek goes into a lake through a pipe. So like the little jacks can get in, but the big jacks can't get out. And there's jacks in there that, you know, I've caught one once, but they're, they're very smart. I've never tried live bait under cover of darkness. So, you know, I, I think that that's something, if I can get some live mullet, uh, that's definitely something I want to give a try. Yeah. Why not? You know, that sounds fun. Um, I love, I love those little spots where, you know, fish are able to access through a culvert pipe or something and, life's good no predators in the small pond or however it is and then they get big and whoops can't get out and then they're kind of residents and stuck there because it's it's always fun there was a um, a couple brackish water lakes growing up where there was some pretty sizable tarpon you know 60 to 80 pounds in these tiny little lakes that we'd uh we'd catch um growing up so it's um it's a lot of fun good luck with that tanner yeah you know i'll keep you updated again i've really been enjoying the consistent snook It, it you know it's about I wake up about 30 minutes earlier than I used to. So it's not a huge, uh, huge lip on the sleep lift on the sleep side, but, but it's fun to, uh, you know, just have those consistent little snook. And I know if I keep at it, you know, I'll, I'll get some bigger snap and snapper and I'll get some bigger snook. I just got to be uh, patient. No, I'm sure. And, and, you know, the mullet run, it doesn't last forever. Right. So this isn't like something you're going to do for years and years and, um, you know, kind of, kind of make hay while you can and, uh, get out there and, and see what you can get after. That's um, that's uh, not a bad plan at all. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Tim, I did do one other trip, uh, but before I go to that, I really wanted to uh, hear about your hunting story. I heard you did some dove hunting. Did you, uh, yeah. did you black out the sky? Oh, yeah. we. Um, <laughs> I had a hunting trip planned, a dove hunting trip on some public land. The Hilochi um, Public Small Game Hunting Area um for doves so um state of florida does all these random um hunt draws where you can put your name in the hat and um kind of prioritize where you want to hunt for all different species you know it's um you know from from turkeys to alligators to doves to ducks to wild hogs and deer and it's it's um pretty competitive you know there's a lot of public land in florida but there's a lot of hunters in florida so um, I try to I try to put my name in for really anything that that I can have uh, make happen, and I don't I don't put put my name in for things that I know I won't be able to attend because I don't want to take that opportunity away from other hunters. But I got pulled this year for a dove hunt, and um, it's the first time I was um, selected for a dove hunt. So I was going in blind to this uh, spot in in kind of central Florida a little bit north of Lakeland. So about an hour and a half from my house, um, had a plan to go with my buddy, Tony, and uh, who, who's not a big hunter, but um, he was willing to, to hang out with me out in the, uh, the sun for the majority of a day and, and shoot doves. But he had some childcare issues. So I, um, I elected to take my wife with me, who's not a hunter whatsoever. Um, and uh, she, she decided to come out. Um, 
having never been there before, it's this, it's this field that is maintained. It's a millet field um, that the state maintains. And um, you can hunt on the edge of the field or in the field and you kind of just set up shop and uh, maybe put some decoys out, try to kind of blend in and don't really move around and just wait for these doves to fly over. So I've never hunted on, on a public land dove field like this. There's only a limited amount of people that are able to do it given the, the quota permits and entries that you have to do. Um, but it's a lot different than the dove hunting I've done in Alabama. Um, you know, doves historically fly in the early mornings and the evenings. This hunt didn't start until noon. So midday, it was very hot. Um, my loving wife lasted about two hours of sitting in the sun before we called it quits. So um, didn't see the first dove. We had a great drive um, across the state to, uh, to the public land area. I did a little turkey scouting while I was there um, in the you know one in a million chances that I get to hunt turkey there this spring. But um, ended up being a nice little Saturday. Um, no wild game to speak of, but um, you know it was something different. And we got to take a little hike. And I met a nice gentleman named Ed. So all in all, not a bad Saturday. You know, sometimes a, a quality weekend outdoors with your spouse, you know, that, that's all you can ask for. A, a dove would have been a nice bonus, but it, it sounds like you guys made the most of the weekend. Maybe you have a better idea of how to do it for next time. Um, but it overall sounds like it was successful. Yeah, it, you know, it was. I would chalk it up to a success. You know, like, like you said, just getting out of doors and, and hanging out. It was a little warm. Um, my wife was a trooper, but, um, you know, I, I don't blame her. We're just sitting there on the edge of this field in the blaring sun, just hanging out. Nothing's going on, um, you know, and looking at other hunters across the field doing the same thing. So we were the first ones to leave. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they probably filled the skies right after we left. But, um, you know, like I said, I'd still chalk it up to a success. We got some boiled peanuts for the long ride home and, uh, you know, made a dance. Sounds like fun, Tim. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a pity you didn't get any doves. But again, you made the most of it and you guys had an enjoyable weekend. That, that's all you can hope for. And um, you got offshore too, right? I know, I know the mullet runs in full swing, but um, I know you had some, some time offshore. I believe you did. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, I had a half day on Saturday. My original intention was to go fish in the bay, just chum up my little bay spot, maybe try to get some Spanish mackerel. Um, but the, the water laid down and I was like, you know, I, I was going with a friend from, uh, from school that doesn't have a lot of fishing experience, but I wanted to get him out on the boat. And so just the two of us, we went out there and when it laid down and I'd seen some Instagram pictures that people are still catching dolphin. So we decided to make a run for it. Um, and we went out there, you know, in the morning when we first got out there, we didn't get early checkout. So we weren't really in the water till 930, 945. The first hour we didn't see a thing. Um, but then we started seeing a couple little larger patches and uh, we ended up finding a patch about the size of the boat. So, you know, maybe 10 by 10. I did catch some live mullet at my spot, so I had good bait, and we threw them in there, and the Almaco Jacks were hungry. Um, I've never 
maybe once or twice. I, I don't, I, I think I've seen Almaco jacks like this, but I've never stopped to fish for them. You know, typically when you're fishing for dolphin, if it's just a lot of Almaco jacks, you'll move on. But I knew we had limited time. My friend didn't have a lot of experience. So I was like, you know what? There are fish to be caught here. Let's catch fish. So we posted up on this weed patch. We started out fishing live mullet. These things were so aggressive. After going through about four or five mullet, we just, we started using shrimp. After going through a couple shrimp, we further moved on. And by the end, I was using any soft plastic I had. And these things were just knocking them out of the water, you know, eight to 14 inches, very fun fighting fish on light tackle. We got a couple nice runs, you know, the smaller ones still aren't really running, uh, but they were, he was using a weight. I was using a no weight, just throwing these little soft plastics on the surface. These fish were totally coming out of the water. You know, it, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, getting these little Almaco jacks. We probably caught 30 or 40 total, but it was just every single drop we were catching these Almacos. Yeah, that's fun. You know, I, I know at length we talked about, you know, getting getting new people um, engaged in the sport. And, you know, I think, I think nothing turns off someone's interest like a day of not catching anything. So to go out there and just catch fish after fish, you know, like anything that hits the water is just, you know, so impactful. I remember last May, I, I took a guy out who, who wasn't a big fisherman. And, and the only experience he had was chartering boats in the Keys for, for Mahi. And we went out and caught dozens of, of amberjack, just like you're talking about. I mean, they're just smashing baits the minute they hit the water. And he said it was the best fishing he's ever done and just, you know, how enjoyable it was. So, and that's after going on, you know, the Keys, the Florida Keys and chartering for Dolphin and being successful there too. So that's really cool that you were able to get that guy out. Now, how big were the mullet that you were using? I know those Almacos are aggressive, but you said, you know, eight to 14 inch Almacos. Were these good sized mullet and they were just blasting them or, or what was going um, on? They were your typical finger mullet, three to five inches. Um, okay. And they were, it was, it was crazy, you know, popping them out of the water. Just really exciting. I actually did put up a video of that. Um, and, you know, again, just a lot of fun. These fish were so aggressive. You know, I still had a glimmer of hope that a dolphin was going to show up to the party. Um, but we waited for a while. And again, we, we fished for 30 minutes and, and never ended up seeing that dolphin. And, you know, we ran around a little bit more after that, but the wind started to pick up and we needed to get back uh, a little closer. So I went to the spot that I, I fished with my kayak a couple months ago. And we ended up, I, I was fishing a mullet on the bottom, hoping I could find that mutton or that bigger mangrove. Um, didn't end up finding it, but my buddy ended up getting two, you know, 10, 11 inch lanes, an 11 inch mangrove and about an 11 inch mutton. So, you know, exciting uh, to get a little couple snapper in just like 30 minutes, just fishing right off the beach. I caught one mangrove myself, but he was definitely top hook when it came to those, uh, those little inshore rock piles. Yeah. And, you know, between all these Almacos and some of these snapper, did you end up keeping any or, or was it all catch and release? It was all catch and release. You know, he doesn't really know how to cook fish and we still have a lot of fish in the freezer. So wasn't, uh, wasn't something I really wanted to push forward on. Uh, but you know, we definitely, people love those, um, Almacos. They call them white tuna in the Pacific. They actually farm them, uh, in Hawaii. 
So, you know, we could have kept those. We could have kept the lanes and the mangrove. We definitely could have filled the box if we wanted to. Uh, but with it, only the two of us out there and nobody really wanted to keep anything, uh, we, we made the mutual determination that we were going to let these fish swim free. No, I get that. You know, if you got a freezer full and, you know, the last thing you want to do is have them go to waste. But um, I, I like Almaco Jacks. I have no problem with Almaco Jacks, um, you know, both like in the skillet or, you know, I'll smoke them too and make a, a, a dip out of it. But I think they're great table fare um, and a lot of fun to catch. Yeah, now, how would you compare their meat to a typical uh, amberjack? Isn't it a little lighter in color? It's, it's a little lighter in color. It's, um, it's less fishy also. And just the, the, the general size, especially those smaller almacos like you're catching, they're not fishy. They're not wormy. You can compare them to, to almost more like a, you know, not exactly like a snapper or a small grouper, but just given the, the, the scope and size, you know, if, if you're keeping the smallest amberjack, you can keep in the golf's 34 inches to the fork. You know, and that's a lot of meat. It's thick. It's more steaky than the, than the, than the Almaco, the smaller ones. It's, it's a nice firm fish, but also um, in the small sizes like that can still be delicate enough to be able to just put it in the pan, lemon butter, whatever, but also hold up on the grill. So a pretty versatile fish. I actually like, like the Almacos quite a bit. Well, all right, Tim, on that note, I think we've gone a good amount of time today. I know you wanted to talk about your dive master certification, but I think we can put that on pause for next week. Um, and for now, we can call it a day. Remember, everyone, like and subscribe. Leave us a great review. I know you guys have been. I think we're up to 23 uh, reviews now, so we are making some progress, you know, 25 maybe guys i i'd love to see that Tim, parting shots yeah um yeah uh i don't know if, if i'll be able to fish this weekend uh, forecast doesn't look good i mean it's just yeah i don't know what's going on this fall already with the winds um it already feels like it's january with, with how bluster it is but um you know uh i can talk about dive master stuff but like you mentioned that's um that's something i pursued and it's taken me a couple weeks to get so Happy to dig into that next week if I can't fish. So um, like Tanner said, you know, leave a review, like, subscribe, and we'll, we'll keep the content rolling. All right. Have a good one, Sam. Thanks, Tanner.